Today I want to talk about something in line with the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. When we entered into Christ, we didn't enter into a place where we would continue to labor as if trying to achieve our own righteousness once again. Praise God. When we received Christ, we entered a place of rest. We entered finished works that when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Meaning that invitation that he gave me when he extended his arm of grace to me to invite me in was to invite me into finished works. Hallelujah. And that's where I want us to have a conversation in this area today. Praise the Lord. And I want us to take our readings from Romans 8 verse 1. We're going to read a bit together because I want all of us to move together. Praise God. Romans 8 verse 1 in the KJV says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Next verse. For the Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. Next verse. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Next verse. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Lastly, verse 6. For the Bible says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Praise the Lord. Can we read the same thing in the Amplified? The reason I want it in the Amplified is it expounds it slightly for where I want to start laying my emphasis. Praise God. For the Bible says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. For the new believer, there is no condemnation. Hallelujah. If you ever wake up and you feel condemnation, just know that's not your story. Conviction is what the new believer lives with. We are convicted to right living, but condemnation is not of God. Hallelujah. Because in Christ, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. Next verse. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do in its power being weakened by the flesh, being the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending His own Son in the guise of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, by subduing it, overcoming it, and depriving it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Praise God. Are we together? Have we understood this? The Bible says that for anyone who accepts the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, sin was condemned in the flesh through Christ meaning sin was subdued, sin was overcome, and sin had all its power deprived from it. So you as a new believer, sin and death has no power over you anymore. Hallelujah. That means addictions, any area of weaknesses have no power over you anymore. Praise the Lord. 
That's why the Bible says, Oh death, where is thou sting? Because it lost its sting the day Jesus died and rose again for us and gave us this new life. Hallelujah. Verse 4. So that the righteous and just requirements of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue. Underline that, we'll come back to it later. Those things which gratify the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit. Set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Last verse. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. Have you seen that? All the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, my life is a life of life and peace. Praise God. So I want us to begin our discussion from this place of verse 2. Because here, I want us all to agree and understand before I go where I want us to go in this discussion that I feel God is leading us in today. Hallelujah. Now verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. Meaning, in times gone past, there are laws that govern the worlds in which we live. I've seen many people read this verse and they think the law, as soon as they hear the word the law, they think the law of Moses, do not kill, do not steal, do not do this. But this isn't the law that it's referring to in Romans 8. Romans 8 is giving us an a glimpse into the laws that undergird and govern the world in which you live as a believer. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example. An example is the law of gravity. We are all familiar with the law of gravity. It's that law that by physics keeps you on the earth. That if a man was to jump, everything that goes up must come. Praise God. That is a law that governs the world by which you live. There is also the law of aerodynamics by which planes and birds fly. It's a law that governs, hallelujah. And because it's a law that governs and we have lived in a certain law for so long, that law begins to determine how you think, how you believe, how you act. For example, there are very few people who are fully sane that would try to jump from a high building in a belief that they could fly. Am I right? Emphasis and disclaimer on a certain part. Why? Because the law of gravity has taught us and conditioned us to a certain thinking for so long that we start to live and adjust ourselves to live within that thinking because there's a certain law that will keep you tied down to the ground. Praise God. And for a long time, for those that are not in Christ, there is a law at work for men called the law of sin and death. Now we saw in the, pre in the other verses that death was all the miseries that surrounded death, decay, corruption, Anything that caused something to regress was a law that governed and governs the present world, which is why when I said everything goes up must come down, when somebody has success, the world says what goes up will eventually come down. Yes, there's a time of economic boom, 
Yes, but then there's a time of recession. The world functions on such seasons and cycles. I was giving an example in the first service of a beautiful, beautiful man I visit in the UK every year when I go home. He's one of the first people I want to visit, but he makes me laugh every time. He's over 80 now. And every time I go to see him, I go to see him with such excitement. How are you? How's life? And he's a man of the word. I go with that excitement. And the first thing he tells me, I'm okay, I'm just old. So I look at him and he says, I'm just old, don't grow old, it's miserable. Then he starts to rattle off the list. The knees, the hips, the eyes, the head, the sleep, the dizziness. He starts to rattle off all the things that accompany edge as known by the fallen world, praise the Lord. But the Bible says clearly that the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. Meaning for you and I that are in Christ, there is a certain law at work on our behalf that made us free from the law of sin and death. Meaning everything that came by the latter law, that law of sin and death is no longer apportioned to you and you are no longer subject to it. Why? Because there is another law at work in your members. And that is the law of the spirit of life. Now that word life we know means zoe, the very life of God. The very life of God living and being in you. That is the life by which you live. Praise the Lord. Anything to do with death and decay is not the law by which you function by anymore because you were made free from it. It lost its power over you. Hallelujah. We live by a higher law. So when I go to visit this gentleman and he tells me, don't get old. I laugh. I tell him, don't worry about me. I'm going to grow old so gracefully. I said, don't worry. He even told me, can I have your knees? I said, it's okay. We can share the life of God. My knees won't get achy. Praise the Lord. Because there is another life. There is another law at work in my members. And that law is a law of life, a law of increase, a lot of progression. Praise God. Every day you're increasing, you're growing, you're progressing, getting higher and higher. That's why the Bible says that the path of the just does what? It shines brighter and brighter. If you are talking to the fallen world, they would say, yes, but every light bulb eventually breaks. Not you and I. That's not the life that we live. Praise the Lord. My light gets brighter and brighter and brighter until a perfect day. Praise the Lord. So many men functioned in the previous law, which was the law of sin and death. And that was the consciousness to which they carried for so long, which is why the Bible says that we need to be renewed in our thinking. We need to be renewed and every day afresh to understand that which we have by Christ. That finished work that He did for us, that I step into and live. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, that yes, my path shines brighter, but it tells us of experiences such as Moses. Moses who died at 120 years old, yet the Bible says his face was not abated, nor his eyes dim. Meaning he functioned by something else because every other 120 year old would have looked withered, old, but not Moses. Moses dwelt in the presence of God and his strength was renewed every day until the day he died, he was taken. Praise the Lord. Again, I told one of my favorite verses that Apostle keeps mentioning every time is I will go to the grave full of age, like a stock of wheat in my season. 
When I hear that verse, I hear two things, praise God. Everyone knows that the life cycle of a harvest is that the shoot grows, it's harvested. If it's not harvested, then it withers and dies, right? But that's not what the Bible says here. Me, I shall go to the grave full of age. But number two, when I've reached my full age, 80, 90, 100, 120, I shall go like a shock of corn when it is in its primest season. Praise the Lord. We shall go in our primest season. Our story is not one of getting old and decaying and dying in sickness. No, 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 no. Choose, choose, but mine is not. Mine is like this. As you see a corn of maize ready for harvest, it's bright, it's vibrant, it's colorful, it's green, it's delicious to look at. That's how I will go. I will be stronger and stronger until my last day on the earth because there is a law that I'm no longer subject to. There is a law at work in my members that wherever I go, I get stronger and stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. This is a beautiful reality when you take time to think about this. The Bible talks about many laws, the law of God, the law of liberty. And I would urge many of you, go through Scripture and study these things because we are not subject to the old pattern of the law as men were in the fallen age. We live by new laws. Just as when you go into outer space, the law of gravity no longer applies. There is a certain liberty that comes on you that you can fly and soar. Now understand this, go and study scripture. Learn the laws that were of old that used to govern your old man and study the laws that govern you right now as a believer. Praise the Lord. Now there was a law pertaining provision that Jesus knew because when the Bible says Jesus is God in the flesh coming on the earth, He said He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. But it was God on the earth inhabiting a body and living. Now, there was a law that He was had the knowledge of and understood. And this law was pertaining provision. He was not subject to the provisions and seasons of the earth we live in as we know it. For us, many times we have known the season of this, the season of this, the season of this. Oh, it's not tomato season. Oh, it's not this. Jesus didn't function by that kind of law or understanding, which is why He had boldness in the Gospels to turn to a fig tree when He was hungry. And He knew that because He is God, that the earth must respond to Him as God and yield forth its fruit to Him because He had need at that particular moment. Praise the Lord. The book of Mark says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, He was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, He came, if happily He might find anything thereon to eat. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. The next verse says, And Jesus answered. Our Father has taught on this so many times. He says that the fig tree first spoke by refusing to produce, meaning there should have been a law that allowed that fig tree to produce figs out of season because the Son of God needed to eat. But it refused, and Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eateth fruit thereof hereafter forever. Now the next day when the disciples go past the fig tree, the disciples tell him, Jesus, that tree you cast has dried. What was Jesus' response? His response was, Have faith in God. That was his simple response. Meaning Jesus was trying to teach the disciples that this life and law we abide by means that whenever the Son of God 
has a need. Just as Adam and Eve in the garden, they were given to eat of every fruit. There was no season that said it wasn't the season of this or it wasn't the season of that. That came later. But in the Garden of Eden, whenever Adam was hungry, he just picked and provision was there for him to eat. Praise the Lord. There was a law at work in the land that meant whenever a child of God has need, the land will reap its fruit for you. Praise the Lord. These are the laws by which we operate. We are not governed by the old laws anymore. We are not put into subjection because we were made free by the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That very life of God operating in your members, everything of fullness and completeness in life. When you look at yourself, you see life, you see the God life operating in your members. Praise the Lord. Wherever you go, you're an extension of life. Whatever you touch, you are extending that life which God has placed on the inside of you into another. Praise God. That's the life by which we are subject. Praise God. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that for the devil came to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. The Amplified Version says that you might have and enjoy life. That you may have and enjoy. I've seen many people walk this earth and life has not been an enjoyable experience for them. But that's not your story as a believer. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Every day new mercies are coming on me. Every day He's loading me with new benefits. There is a newness about the life I live every day. And when every day gets better and better and brighter and brighter, how can you not be more joyous to enjoy the things that God has given you by Christ? Praise the Lord. But the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Put your hand on your head and say, I'm overflowing. It's flowing out of me. Praise the Lord. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, he says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now counsel here means the advice, the thoughts, the thought pattern of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Next verse. But his delight. Now this man who is blessed, favorable, envied, this man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Next verse. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. That is you and I's story. Praise the Lord. But what is this? This man says his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law by which you now operate, which is the law of the spirit of life. Does he meditate in day and night? Meditating in what that law means, what it looks like, allowing God show you the vision of what it means to have the life of Christ working in your members. Praise the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. He meditates and sees himself increasing every day. Waking up the next day more wise than the day before. Waking up the next day with more strength than the day before. Praise the Lord. This is the man that will prove fruitful in every season. You are not defined by the seasons of this world. You will be prosperous in a recession regardless Praise God. You will be prosperous in your season. 
and whatsoever you shall do will prosper. It doesn't matter if a thousand men have failed at that thing. If God has told you to do it, you will prosper. That is your story. Hallelujah. So you see, there is this new law at work in our members. We're not subject to the old laws of death and decay, but we are renewed afresh. We operate by a new law. And I urge you, meditate on these things. Allow God cast that vision of what it means to increase every day. What it means to be healthier every day than the day before. To be more joyous, to have more peace every day of your life. Praise the Lord. Now, if we go to Romans 6. Romans 6, I think, verse 4. Start in verse 4. The Bible says, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also walk in the newness of life. Every day you walk in the newness of life. It is not new today because you've just discovered it. It is new every day, present continuous. It's a new feeling every day. There's something new coming on your life every day. Praise the Lord. This is a present continuous experience for the believer. I want you to see that thing of you at 80, 90, 100 running marathons with that renewed strength. Start to see these things, meditate. Don't, I know some of you have said, eight-year-olds don't run marathons. That's an old law. My strength is renewed with the eagles that I will soar and not grow weary. I will run and not what? Sorry, beg your pardon. That our strength is renewed. We shall mount up on the wings as eagles. We shall run and not be weary. There is no age limit for this verse, by the way. It doesn't say until you're 40, when the knees start to shake. This is present continuous. You claim it at 120, you claim it at 30, you claim it wherever. This is a present continuous experience. Hallelujah. Start to meditate yourselves in such places. Doing things what men that age cannot do. Because you function by a different law at work in your members. One that renews that strength every day. Praise the Lord. But I want us to continue. And this is where I wanted to start laying my emphasis. In verse 13, the Bible says, Romans 6 verse 13. The Bible says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I want to start painting that picture of what your part in this picture looks like. What your part in everything that God has done and given to you as a believer. We have a part to play and the part to play starts here and it's called yielding. The Bible says, neither yield your members as instruments, but yield yourselves unto God. When I say yielding, yielding means to relax, to rest, to allow. If you're in a fight with someone, you know those boxing, boxing fights, one of the two fighters yields, what happens? He just gives in, says, ah, take me away. Though that's the experience of a fight, when love comes and someone is teaching you about love, someone is teaching you about increase, someone is teaching you about the prosperous life, the life you have in Christ, just as the boxer that yields, yield. Just say, it is so. It is so. Allow it work in your members. Praise God. If someone says you're going to be running marathons at 120, don't fight the idea. Just say, okay, so. 
praise the Lord. Accept it. Allow this thing work in you. Many people put up the fight there and bring logic and reason, which we read in Romans 8, is something else. Praise God. But our mind is built on that which God has said about us. Hallelujah. Can we quickly go to Colossians 3, verses 1. And this is where I want us to be picking what I feel God is telling us today. Because we have been given so much by Christ. The Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Next verse. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Verse 3. For ye are dead. Praise the Lord. And your life is hid with Christ in God. Do you know that means that if sickness is trying to locate you, do you know what that means? It would have to first locate Christ and God before it can touch you because your life is hid. Hey, praise the Lord. Poverty. For it to locate you, it has to first go through Christ and God. Mm, That's good. We thank God. Next verse. For For when Christ who is our life shall appear, then also shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Hallelujah. Can we do this in the Amplified? The Bible says, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life. We have been given a new life in Christ. The old is done away with. The old has passed. The new has come. Everything about you is new. You don't remember the former things of yourself. You are made new. You have been raised with Christ to a new life. Thus sharing His resurrection from the dead. Therefore, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above. Don't just set your mind, but keep it set. Every time it tries to tweak one way, keep it set. Hallelujah. Keep it set on that which is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Verse 3, for the Bible says, For as far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new life, your real life is hid with Christ in God. Give it to me quickly in the message version. Praise the Lord. The message version says, So if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ. Act like it. Whether you are a hundred years old and you feel like you have the energy of a 20 year old, it doesn't matter. We are not moved by what we feel. Stretch those legs and meditate yourself moving. Praise the Lord. Act like it. Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Next verse. The Bible says, don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground. Absorbed with the things right in front of you. This means if your eyes are on the ground, you're looking at the earthly elements that disturb people every day. The the landlord is demanding, the doctor said this, the business is. You're looking down. Don't be absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. Because the Bible says that's where the action is. That's where the action is. Don't look down. Anything that's on this earthly realm is temporal, the Bible says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Meaning anything that is seen with your eyes is subject to change. That's the definition of temporal. When something is temporal and can be seen, the hope that we have, temporal means it can change any 
time. Whatever that situation is, if you can see it with your eye, just let God do His thing. It will change any time and it will change for your good. Praise the Lord. See things from His perspective. Because the Bible says your old life is dead. That life that was subject to sin and death is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Hallelujah. He is your life. Now, these are all truths that we know. And I'm here speaking to you about them. But there are many people that would hear such a thing and start to combat it with the things they know about the earth. And they would start, like I said earlier, running a marathon at 120. Many doctors would say, ah, it's not possible. But today I want to tell you, we've been given all this in Christ. But we have a part to play. Amen. We have a part to play in this story. And I want us to go to uh, Colossians 3 verse 10. The Bible says, And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in what? Knowledge. We've talked about knowledge a lot. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. Next verse where there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Next verse. Put on, therefore, put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. These are things you don't pray for. These are things you don't ask God for. He said, by the time he said, put on, it means they are available for you to wear. Praise God. Can you give it to me in the message version? Because the message pulls this out beautifully. So, chosen by God for this new life of love. You were chosen by God to enjoy this new life He has given to you by love. The Bible says, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. He prepared certain garments for you, laid them on the bed and said, honey, go and wear. Praise God. He laid it out for you and He said, put on compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgive you. These He has prepared for you to what? Put on. That's your part to play. Next verse, if you go back to the KJV. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Colossians verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Next verse. And it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I want to show you now the part where your part to play is in this story. We have seen number one, put on. He has prepared certain garments for you to put on. Here it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Meaning, 
there is a throne in your heart by which something can rule. And the Bible has said that you get to choose who sits there, which is why Paul has urged you to let peace of God rule in your hearts. It's a choice. Hallelujah. You let peace rule. You don't have to start praying for peace. Peace is there ready and available to work on your behalf. He's just saying, let him. That's your part to play, is to yield to that working of which Christ has done already, to let him work in you. In Revelation, where it talks about Jesus standing at the door and knocking, that if any man hears his voice and open the door, he will come into him and sup with him and he with me. I mentioned in the first service that this verse doesn't make sense in the African setting because the African setting has mustered hospitality like a problem. <laughs> there is no standing at the door in an African home. They greet you at the gate pull you to the kitchen and feed you by force. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But this makes more sense in a culture where me and Mr. Baxter are from possibly. Where this is an example of Jesus standing at the door. That church, that heart that he's standing at the door of, we know by scripture belongs to him. So he has every right to budge in and say, I'm coming in. But he doesn't. He stands at the door and he says, if any man hear my voice and open, meaning he's waiting for a certain permission to be allowed. Hallelujah. He's waiting for a certain permission. Praise the Lord. So the example I was giving in our culture, we have this scenario for unexpected guests. In Africa, you prepare for unexpected guests. Like there's food ever ready all the time for the guest, who we don't know who it will be, but there will be one coming. You live with that expectation that someone's coming. It's a beautiful thing. Now, unfortunately, in our more nuclear societies, you have to first make an appointment, tell me you're coming, and tell me if you're coming for dinner or tea. Tea is like a cup of tea. <laughs> Don't just come and assume. So we have a scenario for those that come unexpectedly. We have something. Someone comes at the door and knocks. You're not expecting any visitors. I used to have that scenario with my mom and dad. My mom and dad would look at each other and think, is anyone coming? Did you invite someone? No, I didn't. Okay. Then they'd go to the door. They would reach the door and they would stand in the door like barrier to entry and as they are stood at the door they are trying to decipher did we invite you or you have just come if they find you have just come and it wasn't part of the program they will entertain you and converse with you from there you have laughed but this thing really happens and it happens a lot even present day and they will converse with you from there there is no invitation in. They can talk to you for a solid 30 minutes at the door. I remember going to my neighbor's house and reciting a whole song that I'd, I'd gone especially to tell the neighbor, but because I'd gone out of program, I recited it at the door. <laughs> but well and good. So the same thing, there is, needs to be an expression where you can allow someone in. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Though I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice and allow me in, open that door, he will come in. Praise the Lord. But there first has to be that thing of permission to allow him to work in you. This is where yieldedness comes into play. That letting peace coming into play. You are allowing it. The word letting means to permit, to authorize, to sanction it to have a certain work in you. Praise the Lord. 
peace is just ready. He's saying, for any man that's going to let me rule, I will come and rule. For any man that will let me in. Peace is not an outward expression of having quietness and silence. A man can have quietness and silence, but within there is no peace. Why? Because peace starts from a man's heart. It is first him allowing peace rule in the heart. That's when you start to see the manifestation of that peace taking effect in his home, in his family, in his workplace. Just like Jesus was at peace in a storm. When he woke up and addressed the storm, he just extended the peace that was from within and calmed that storm. Hallelujah. But it starts with the letting peace rule in your hearts. Meaning many things are contending for the heart, but you choose what you let sit there. Let peace. In one of the earlier versions, it said, being content with second place. Put on that garment and part of that garment is to be content with second place. If peace means in a marriage or in a friendship, that you're going to let peace rule. You'll be content with second place. You don't need to win because you've chosen to let peace rule. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If we go back to verse 13, I think, uh, 15, 16. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Same scenario. Again, it's another moment where the Word of God is rich in all wisdom and it is waiting for you to let it dwell in you richly. The Word of God is ready. He's ready for the man that will take time intentional to meditate on these things day and night, giving themselves over to time to allow God minister to them in the Word, letting that Word come and work in you. Praise the Lord. Taking time to meditate. We know meditation is one of the key things to positioning yourself to hearing the voice of God. Other patriarchs back in those days, the Bible talks about how they would specifically give off time to go to the field to meditate. What were they meditating on? They were not emptying their minds. They were filling it full of the scriptures, meditating on what it means for peace to rule your heart, meditating what it means to live a life of increase, to be kept by the power of God, allowing the word to richly dwell in you. It is an experience of allowing, yielding to the work God has already done for you. Praise the Lord. There are many more scenarios of letting. If you were to look through, I, I went through and looked. Let love, for example, be sincere, be without dissimulation. Let your love. In the KJV, it says, let love, meaning love is ready. Love is ready. He's just waiting for you to allow it work in you. One of my favorite ones is let Patience, have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Have you seen the same experience? Let patience have her perfect work. You're not the one working patience in you. You're not the one praying, God, give me patience. God, I need patience. Patience is stood on the side saying, I'm there, just let me in. Let me have my perfect work. I gave that example of if you've invited a builder into your home to build something, by me going to the door to allow him in, I'm not the one building, but I've allowed the builder come in to do his work. My job was to make sure I'm at the door on time to open when he calls. Praise the Lord. Let patience have her perfect work. Patience has availed herself for a man that will allow her open and let her in. That you may be perfect. Again, it's patience's perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. 
These are all experiences of what God has given us by Christ, but our part to play in this story is to allow, to yield, that if God has said something, you don't first put up, but I think this, I think this, no. You just yield and allow God do His work in you. For the Bible says, for it is God who works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. Praise God. It is God who works in you. You're not the one working in yourself to manifest the things He has freely given us by Christ. He says, just place yourself, position yourself in a place where I can work in you. Coming to service and allowing the Word of God wash over you is allowing Him do His work in you. Praise the Lord. Sitting in silence and allowing the voice of God to speak to you about certain scriptures is allowing the Word work in you. Positioning yourself to hear of what He is doing. Hallelujah. I love this verse because this verse talks about the two places that he addresses. He addresses the place of a man's willingness and he addresses the place of a man's ability to do. The Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat of the fruit of the land. If you be willing and obedient. Now, I love this verse because he says he works in you both to will for the willingness and to do, meaning He gives you the power to do once you've allowed Him work that willingness in you to do. Praise the Lord. I love it. I love it because our life becomes a life of response and participation to the work God has done in us by Christ. We become participants by allowing God access to work in us by reading His Word and being renewed in our minds. For I read at the beginning, for a man to think on carnal things is death. But a man to think, but for the man to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Praise God. Your life is a life of peace and life. We are called to rest. The Bible says that he who has believed has entered into rest. He who had believed, meaning it's a past experience. He chose to believe. He didn't feel like he believed, but he chose to believe. I gave the example of Smith Wigglesworth in the first service. He was a man that was so black and white when it came to the things of God. He used to say, if God has said it, that settles it, I believe it. Whether it was contrary to everything he had ever been taught in this world, I know that if there was a scripture that told Smith Wigglesworth that the sky was pink, you would not argue him with science that it is blue. For him, he would choose to believe. He wouldn't feel like it's blue. He wouldn't feel like it's pink because we are not moved by feelings. We are straight edged on the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Accept it. Allow yourself to believe it. Yield. If God has said it, that settles it. I believe it. And it will do its perfect work in you. I want us to go to Proverbs verse 1, 24, to finish. The Bible says, and it gives this experience of a man who refused. This is Proverbs 1, 24. Because I have called. Now this is saying God called someone and they refused. He stretched out his hand, but no man regarded, meaning it's possible for God to extend and for a man to refuse. That's what it's saying. Now, if you go to verse 33, it said, But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Praise the Lord. I want us to read it in the message 
because the message is beautiful. Now the Bible says, first, pay attention to me. God says it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what life is throwing at you. First, pay attention to me. And then what? Relax. First, pay attention. To pay attention means to put your mind, your feelings, your emotions on what he says, regardless of what the doctor said. On what he says, regardless of what it looks like in the life of your child. First, pay attention to me and then relax. Now you can take it easy. Now you can take it easy because you're in good hands. Our father used to have that, he used to preach this a lot. He used to say, careless in the care of God. You walk each day knowing that you're in good hands. I'm kept, I'm, wherever I go, I can't stumble. I have hands keeping me this side, that side. Praise the Lord. You live a life where you relax because you know that you're in His hands. Why? Because you responded to Him. You hearkened to Him. You didn't refuse His testimony for the testimony of a doctor. You said, no, let me cling to that which is true. Let me give attention. You remember casting your eyes on the things above because that's where the real action is taking place with Christ, where Christ presides. Because you are seated with Him far above all principalities and powers. Praise the Lord. The Christian life is a life of rest. Nothing should be able to stir you one way or another from the place of rest. The Bible in Psalms 1, which talks about how the wicked are blown by every wind. But that's not us. The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. There is no turmoil or trial that should take place in your life that God has not addressed by Scripture for you to pull out and cling to. When you get that Scripture, let it work in you. Let God speak through that Scripture that the wind that comes to try can't shake you because your house is fully firmly built on the rock which is Christ. We should never have a bad day in the face because you wake up with new blessings every morning. You wake up stronger every day. You wake up to a lively hope that things are only getting better and better and better. It doesn't matter if the testimony looks contrary. Our hope and our firm assurance is that we wake up to better and better days. The best is yet to come. The worst has already happened. Brighter and brighter and brighter is your testimony going forward. Praise the Lord. The life of a believer is just as the winds were raging around the boat where Jesus was asleep. And the disciples looked at him as if he was indifferent. They said, do you not see, Master, that we are perishing? Like, come on, Jesus, really? Are you that indifferent to see we are dying? Jesus was at rest. He knew that the law which governs and underguards his life will take more than a storm to blow him out. He was at rest. He knew the hands to which he was residing in. He knew his purpose on the earth was not yet full, so it doesn't matter what storm would come. Praise the Lord. And he was asleep on the pillow and they woke him and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus was the most caring, hallelujah. But he knew that it would take a lot more than a storm. Paul, same story. I love what they say to him when he had been, I think, was it in Malta where he was shipwrecked? And they said, look at this one. He's really angered the gods. There was a storm that came. Now he's shipwrecked. Now that the shipwreck is here, he's bitten by a viper. My goodness. But you know, the emotion of Paul didn't change one bit. Paul knew where he was headed. He knew his purpose was to end in Rome. It doesn't matter what test comes your way. 
there was that surety in Paul. He just looked at the viper and shook it off and said, it will take more than that to take me out before time. Hallelujah. Because the law that would have given that snake permission to take him out, he was free from. Because he was made free by the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ. Hallelujah. Nothing that comes to test this testament has the power to take you out. Hallelujah. Your life is one of increase upon increase. That's the law which underguards you to work in your favor. Praise the Lord. The law of increase, the law of multiplication. Give yourself wholly to these things. Allow that word dwell in your heart richly. Allow yourself to meditate on it and go to cast visions of where you are going, what it means to look like. 120-year-old who has compounded this kind of life for the next 80 years. If my life is only going to get better and better and better, where will I be at 120? Have you thought about it? If every day is better and better, increasing and increasing, what does it mean to be at 120? If I'm fitter than I am now then, and I've had the next over 80, 90 years, of getting fitter. What do I look like at 120? Oh, life is good. Hallelujah. So with that, what I feel God was telling us today, or what I felt He laid on my heart, was we've been given so much by Christ. We've been given so much by Christ that our job is to allow the working of His Holy Spirit that dwells in us to work in us to bring these things to perfection. That patience, would you would let patience have her perfect work. You would let peace rule. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ. I.e. the mind of Christ has been given because he says you have the mind of Christ, but let it be in you. Praise the Lord. This power of letting and allowing the things to work in you is what I came to tell you. When you allow these things occupy, it will work in you. Only a spectator will you be. You will see doors opening. You will see things changing. And you'll just be like, God is working. Hallelujah. God at work. God is doing us good. God is doing us good. Can you clap for the Lord Jesus Christ who has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. When the Bible says He gave you everything, it means He held nothing back. There is nothing He has withheld from you. He has given you everything. Praise the Lord. In just two minutes, can you thank God for the word that you have received? Just speak to Him. Thank Him for the word that you have received and allow it work in you. Let it take root in you. Just lift your voice and speak to God. If you can speak in other tongues, speak in other tongues. But start to see yourself at 50, at 70, at 80, with all these promises loaded on your account, working in you for His glory's sake. Just thank Him. Thank Him that you will go to the grave full of age. If someone has said you have a terminal sickness, just thank God that He has said you will go to the grave full of age in the ripeness of your season. Just thank God. Thank Him for the Word. Thank Him that it's working in your life. 
Father God, we thank you for your word that is working in us exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or think. Father, we thank you for the power of your word that is working in our lives and our lives are being transformed. We thank you for that which is coming into alignment. That if there is man here that is sick, I thank you that he receives his healing now. If there is a man that has had a testimony contrary to the word of God, I thank you, Lord, that you are aligning that thing for him now. The power of God is available to work in your circumstance, to bring it to alignment to the word of God and the testimony to which you are born. Father, we thank you that you are renewing us anew every day. We walk in the newness of life. Our life increases afresh every day. We go upwards and upwards only. Father, we thank you for brightness, for the path of the just shines brighter. We have this joy. We have this hope. And God, we give you all the glory because you gave it to us by Christ Jesus. Can we give the Lord a mighty, mighty, mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You're shining. You are shining. Hallelujah. If there is anyone there and you have not yet received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that which I've talked about is for a man that is in Christ. If you are there and you would like to give your life to Christ, say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for you died for my sins and was raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen.